This is Ryan Kinseth with the SoCal Artist Podcast, and this episode is going to be an episode on the different colors with oil painting. So this is going to be a fun one where we're talking about the different paints I typically use and just talking about paint colors in general. So let's get into it. So when it comes to picking your palette and picking the colors you use, when it comes to oil painting or frankly any painting, it is a lot of subjective calls being made. But it's a lot of history as well when it comes to art and utilizing palettes that were created in the past and then kind of making renditions of your own palette based on artists you love artists you see on social media, um, artists you take classes from, and kind of taking what works for you and making it your own palette. So I thought this would be fun if I go through my palette and kind of where it originated from and what what type of tweaks I made with the palette, and then just talking about um, what I know from other palettes. So one day I should bring on someone from Gamblin to, to come here because that would be very helpful and I've heard gambling color palette episodes but uh, not on my podcast so if you work for gambling please reach out so when it comes to my my palette um, just so you know my background I got started with oil painting on a Zorn palette but it was actually not just a Zorn palette it was a it was a variation of the Zorn palette from Anders Zorn uh, back in the day, who used yellow ochre, ivory black, vermilion, and white. And when I first took an oil painting class, I decided to end up in an advanced oil painting class. And this was, uh, they asked us to do a Zorn palette for the remainder of that class. So that was my introduction to oil painting. For us, instead of, we used yellow ochre, ivory black, vermilion, instead of vermilion, we actually used cadmium red, and then there's white. And if I'm not mistaken, we might have actually brought in a raw umber or a burnt umber. But I loved starting off with this palette because in just this palette where we were painting figures from life, we were painting models who were sitting for three hours and it allowed us to really focus on mixing so for example if you are painting someone with kind of a red curtain on the background they have you know just a fair skin skin tone and um, it's kind of got some darker almost romantic looking shadows or um, some, some ambiance type lighting, uh, then this is a great palette because now when it comes to, to painting, you have the cadmium red and black, which is going to kind of get you closer to that, that purplish color. But then you might ask, cause since there's only yellow ochre, cadmium red, um, ivory black and white, where's 
the the greens coming from where are the oranges coming from where are the the um blues coming from well the fun part with the the zorn palette is the blues are coming from when you mix ivory black and white together that gets you a cooler gray it it's similar to those of you that have used Payne's gray which is very a lot more bluish than ivory black and titanium white but when it comes to mixing ivory black and white you get those blues um or, or i'm sorry you get a coolish blue that's that's happening but it's obviously closer to gray so it's not going to be that bright blue that you might be used to using then when it comes to the greens when you mix yellow ochre is already a greenish um, like a dark green type uh, yellow combination so it it's almost if for those of you that, that know yellow ochre it's got that um, kind of earthy yellow and just slightly towards the greenish it's dark it's darker um, some would say it's uh, it's warm um, but yeah, so when you have yellow ochre and you mix it with ivory black, you're actually getting um, a greenish hue. You're, you're kind of darkening um, the yellow a little bit, but it's actually turning into a dark kind of really um, awesome type green. I, I'm trying to think of a good... good uh, it's almost similar to like the viridian type green if you mixed it with it just a little bit of yellow but yeah it gets you that green color so that's where the green's coming from with the zorn palette and then when it comes to uh oranges uh for us we were using cadmium red i, I don't think it was cadmium red light if i remember correctly i think it was cadmium red which is a lot deeper of a red than cadmium red light which is a lot closer to orange but we were mixing that with the yellow ochre and getting, and you can add a little bit of white in there um, and just play with it. And it would make some really awesome oranges that would, uh, that would be very useful when it came to skin tones. So the beauty of the Zorn palette starting off was just, it forced you to search for colors and in those combination of mixtures. And it was very harmonious the way the painting came together because of this limited amount of colors so if you're just starting out i definitely definitely recommend starting with a limited palette so i'll move on from the zorn palette uh, there's obviously limited palettes you can do with just the primary colors red yellow and blue and white um, maybe black as well and i'll get into specifics on colors in a moment here but i'll kind of just go through some other palettes um, like there's a lot of people that will do split primary palettes where they have two versions of each primary color. So a warm and a cool version, um, for example, ultramarine blue and then phthalo blue. Uh, that would be a warm um, for the ultramarine blue and then a cool for the phthalo blue because the ultramarine blue is leaning a little bit more towards the red. Some people think warm and cool is kind of a myth. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of on the fence with it. It, it works. It's, it's almost like, the. for me, it reminds me of when people distinguish fruits and vegetables. 
Um, and you know, if it has a seed, it's a fruit, but if it's a, <laughs> if it doesn't have a seed, then it's a vegetable, which doesn't always apply And I'm blanking like tomatoes and like, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make sense to me, um, all the time, but warm and cools, I mean, for the most part, it, you can think of it if it's leaning towards red, it's usually warmer. If it's leaning towards blue, then it's, it's going the cooler route. Um, but yeah, split primaries, so they'll have each of the primary colors, red, yellow, and blue. And they'll have a, a warm and a cool version of each of those. So let's say yellow, a cadmium yellow medium, that's that's a warmer yellow. It's leaning more to the red. And then a cadmium um, lemon, which is leaning more towards green. And green is closer to blue when you think of a color scale. It's, you know, blue and yellow make green. So you're getting towards that blue, bluer scale. So usually they'll have one warm and one cool. And, you know, I've, I've played with this, but I, I've never just had a solely split primary palette. It's just I have those included in my palettes. Sometimes my palette is pretty extensive. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, a, there's other palettes as well, like Earth Tone palettes, which uses a lot more browns and ochres. Um, and uh, like burnt siennas, raw umber, burnt umber, uh, just more earthy tones. And then, you know, there's, uh, I think there's, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the main ones I could think of with like cool and warm palettes and um, more so limited palettes. But yeah, let's, uh, let's stop right there because I'm not going to get into out of my expertise. I'm sure there's Plenty of other famous artist palettes, but those are kind of the main routes that I tend to see people go towards. So let's talk about colors now. Now that we've talked about the palettes themselves, let's dive in to the colors themselves, which should be interesting and fun. And it's going to be coming from my <laughs> my subjective opinion as opposed to what is always, um, you know, what's fact and what's not fact. So. So keep this in mind, this is coming from my perspective and my experience with these colors and what I like and what I don't like, but that is not for everyone. So um, do always what works best for you and always keep experimenting with colors. Even if I say I don't like that color, please try them because you might and might have better uses for them. But let's start with blacks. So um, ivory black, obviously that main that main black everyone typically uses. Um, it's, it's, I think it's between transparent and and opaque. So when it comes to opaque and transparent, from what I've been taught, it's you don't need to keep using transparents in the beginning or opaques in the beginning. It's just throughout the painting, what what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to get this color down as a foundation? and then layer on top of that almost in glazes or um, use some transparent colors to let the, the color see through. In that case, you'd want an opaque color underneath and then you'd want transparent colors on top. Now, when it comes to lighting, you want your eyes to focus on lighting. So when you're getting, getting to the end of the painting, that's why um, those, you know, maybe a cadmium yellow or, um, or those that titanium white, those opaque colors are going to draw your eyes in because it's such a it's a solid color. It's not transparent. It's 
keeping your eyes to where the that solidness is, is showing up there. So yeah, Ivory Black, I don't have much experience using other of the blacks. I bought them. I just <laughs> didn't ever really experiment. This is that one area. But there's Mars Black, which I know is... Um, I believe it's a little bit warmer than than ivory black kind of more like it almost looks more reddish um and then there's also like chromatic black which um i i think it's just not going to be as deep of a black than ivory but try them out that's not my area um i have used Payne's gray and i have seen videos on how to make Payne's gray so for those of you that have used Payne's Gray, um, Payne's Gray is, is very blue. I mean, that is, it's got a punch on this color. I, I mean, this this really is uh, is a great color to, to think about using, which is cooler because it's leaning to the blue and it's a great mixture for color combinations. Um, so definitely consider trying out Payne's Gray. It's really one of those packing a punch type colors. And there's the Portland grays, which are very neutral, standard grays, almost like the color of the palette that you'd get for that neutral gray palette. So yeah, that's that's um, that's blacks there. So just thinking down my palette, I'll, I'll just kind of go in order of what I'm thinking of. But so we got the reds. <laughs> when it comes to reds, I have. I have tried quite a bit, um, and I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And when I say reds, I'll, I'll probably include like more magentas as well and stuff like that. So there's um, right off the bat, there's cadmium red medium, which is kind of that cadmium red we all know, that middle kind of tier red that's very standard and great to have on the palette. Honestly, I always have cadmium red on the palette uh, medium. Then you have cadmium red light, which is definitely moving more towards the orangish um, hues. It's it's got a very interesting red orange type uh, look to it. So it, it can get you closer to orange if you even don't have orange on the palette. Um, definitely one to experiment with if you like those oranges in there. And then um, I have naphthol, uh, if that's how you say it, naphthol. Um, I have Scarlet, and I think that's, I've heard that that's actually one that you could replace Vermilion with, which is in the, in the Zorn palette, but it's a good red as well. I just am used to using the Cadmium, so um, I don't use it as much, but I do have it on my, um, on, uh, I do have it in my toolbox there. Alizarin Crimson, that is a, a hell of a color that is whew, I love that it's great for mix mixing with other colors it's it's got a punch per se I mean it's still transparent but think of a red that's darker but more um, almost like if you saw like a, a beautiful dress or kind of like a jazz club type type vibe with red in that that uh cooler lighting or that maybe it's warmer lighting but that kind of ambiance of a ch jazz nightclub with some like red felt and it's just darker it's it's towards blue and it's got 
a hell of a punch when it comes to, to painting there. And then there's alizarin permanent, which is, it, it feels to me a bit darker than alizarin crimson, um, which alizarin crimson is already darker than the red medium in terms of values, um, red medium and all the other reds I use. But alizarin per permanent has a has an even darker amount than the than the um, alizarin crimson. I actually like them both. I, I switch off between those two on my palette. Uh, we have cranacrinone magenta, which beautiful color. This I mean, when I say this is like, there's not one that that compares unless we're talking about. I believe it was another might have been quinacridone violet. If that if I was thinking of the right one, um, but quinacridone magenta is definitely more to the red. So uh, it's similar to alizarin crimson in that kind of like violetish uh, hue, but it's it's just really got a strong punch as well. Um, so since we're on the reds, I'll just talk real quick about the violets. Uh, I I really only use quinacridone violet. Um, I know there is an ultramarine violet, and I'll get to the blues later, but I actually have not used ultramarine violet. I, I do need to try that one. Same with cobalt violet, and I use cobalt blue and ultramarine blue. So that is one I'm going to be looking into getting in the future. So we'll, we'll move past those. Definitely do your own research there. <laughs> so um, we'll keep it down my palette, uh, just thinking of the order there. When it comes to oranges, uh, we I use cadmium orange. I use cadmium orange deep. Cadmium orange, obviously, just a very standard orange. There, it's um, it doesn't always hold that same orange feel to it. It almost seems a little bit more earthy to me than like a bright what you'd imagine a bright orange to look like. It's it's almost a more earthier color, which is why I like to have the cadmium red light to mix with a yellow because it'll kind of get that bright orange if I need to with a cadmium yellow white. But um, yeah, and then I have the cadmium orange deep, which definitely leans more to the red. And that one's, uh, that one's a fun one to use as well. Yeah, so uh, we'll move to, to yellows here. I'll just kind of go through. Um, the yellows I, I like to use is um, or are uh, cadmium yellow medium, just that standard yellow. Uh, it's very warm. It it packs a, a strong punch, that cadmium yellow medium. Uh, it's probably the most standard yellow you could think of when you think of yellows um, in terms of like um, – Kind of in the middle of that that yellow scale we're not it's probably i'd say a little bit closer to orange but it's not a cadmium yellow deep i don't use that the yellow deep um which is definitely getting more towards the orange which i mean this is this is pretty easy to think about when you think of medium deep um like the deep usually leans closer to the next color and the medium is kind of that central color and the light is moving towards that other uh, other direction there so cadmium yellow light i love this color but it can also be replaced with cadmium yellow uh, cadmium lemon and cadmium lemon i mean literally think of a lemon that's what cadmium lemon is 
uh, opaque color, great for using towards the end of the painting, especially to bring those lights to the forefront. But I've heard that cadmium yellow medium is actually more towards that natural, that natural lighting. <laughs> um, I'll throw in yellow ochre into this because that's what I, I use. It's that earthy, that earthy yellow that I talked about in the Zorn palette. Great, great color. I, I used this for so long and then I kind of stopped and then I came back to it. But it's, it's just a great earthy yellow, um, especially for if you're painting a lot of nature type paintings there. So uh, let's see, we're going that direction. Um, while I'm on yellow ochre, let's, let's talk about kind of earthier colors here while I take a sip of water. So um, earthy tones, burnt sienna uh, is a big one I've used. Uh, gosh, I, I've used so many of these earthy tones. Um, but uh, burnt sienna, burnt umber, Venetian red, red, raw sienna, raw umber, uh, transparent earth orange, transparent earth red. I've used all of these colors, and I typically play with the earthy colors to really tone the canvas. Some of them tend to be more transparent, which I don't mind in the beginning of the in the painting, just kind of getting a transparent color there um, that's just earthier kind of similar to orange and allows me to build on top of this with that orange kind of peeking through so I like to have that that earthy orange peeking through because I don't always completely cover the painting and sometimes it peeks through and I really like that as well but um transparent earth red is a is a beautiful more red reddish hue to that um, the Venetian red seems to be probably an opaque version of that transparent earth red so those are two to play with but see if you like that you'll definitely see I mean when you pick up a transparent earth red or orange when you start painting with this it's it's very transparent I mean that thing just it's almost like you're using thinner with just using the paint but it's not it's it's just the transparency of the paint um, gold ochre is a fun one to play with as well. Uh, I've used it when <laughs> I met an artist and during a portrait painting class and she, she asked if I wanted to try her gold ochre and I'm like, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. Cause I know yellow ochre and it was cool. It was, um, it was a unique version or variation of the yellow ochre. It, it felt a little bit less earthy. It almost felt like it was moving closer to the yellows than it, than it was, um, moving towards brown um, but yeah that was a gold ochre was fun it felt like it was glowing a little bit more too so now that we've talked about uh, reds black yellow um, oranges let's go ahead and talk about greens which I know is a lot of your favorite areas it's actually one that I am still trying to figure out what my favorite renditions of the greens are so here's where I've gotten with greens. So starting off, um, sap green is a green that I typically use, uh, especially for that yellowish green type mixture and seems to be one that is very nature-esque. Um, it is a transparent color, 
so it does brush pretty um i mean transparently just like the the transparent earth brown um or transparent uh brown oxide um but yeah sap green is a transparent more a version of green i always have uh viridian on my canvas and my palette um viridian being a very beautiful bluish green it's uh definitely more towards the green end but it's got it's almost got um like a sapphire green type look or an emerald green type look which is um just a very pretty blue green type mixture there and when i'm saying blue green i'm talking about more of a foresty green um, so I love Viridian. That's a great color to, to always be using, especially with skin tones and just kind of those greenish hues on fair skin as well. Then we have a uh, phthalo green. I typically will have Viridian and I'll have phthalo green. And that that is still a bluish green, but it's got more of a... Um, it's probably got more of a warmish bluish green, if that makes sense. And uh, what I've been, what I've read is it's uh, it's definitely more, um, it's definitely more of a, a transparent color and um, has a high tinting strength is what what gambling considers it as. But I always have phthalo green and viridian on my canvas, and then sap green if I'm going to have some warm green lighting. Other than that, I I've experimented with emerald green. I've experimented with, um, what else? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I think I've tried cobalt green, but yeah, the, the phthalo green, viridian, and then sap green are typically the three that I lean towards. Um, although I do need to try emerald a bit more, see how I like that. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. If you ever would love to, to comment yours, um, please feel free to reach out on email. So when it comes to blues, I, I love blues and and I don't use that many, but I the ones I use, I definitely, definitely um, recommend these these blues here. So starting us off, ultramarine blue, I think every artist knows about ultramarine blue and kind of where it dates back from is just seen as the most expensive uh color and pigment to make and so this was um this was symbolizing or signaling royalty and was showing that um these are these are uh wealthy individuals that were wearing clothes made from ultramarine blue colors and just expense an expensive pigment that has transformed kind of the blues we know today and so definitely one that I love to use. Um, then you have cobalt blue, which I always have on my palette, just a very standard, just bright blue there. Um, it's not one that can be mixed. It's very uh, bright blue there. And kind of that, when you, when you think of the middle tier of blue, that's cobalt blue. Um, phthalo blue is a bit warmer, so that's one that is... Uh, fun to use sometimes i i typically lean more towards ultramarine blue um when it comes to that kind of darker warmish blue but um 
but thalo blue i've definitely used as well cerulean blue is a great one to to mix towards greens and when i say greens i mean um if you were trying to make a teal type color you can obviously grab a cobalt teal or you can grab cerulean blue and mix that with um with let's say uh, viridian and then add a little bit of white and you might get something more towards that teal color so cerulean blue is a great one to use as well and they have the hue which i don't tend to use the hues as much but um, sometimes it's hard to find the non-hue variations um, so yeah we got the blues we got uh, earth colors orange yellow reds black um, let's talk about some some fun colors here and then i'll kind of end this end us off on this episode but something that i've started using as well um in my palette well actually uh i do use turquoise although i've only found the for gambling the 1980 version of turquoise and this is um this is still good uh it's just 1980 um colors typically don't have the um, same professional quality, but they, honestly, it's still a very high quality paint. So um, yeah, you can use turquoise as well. But so I've been experimenting with the radiant colors and this goes back to an artist that I took portrait painting classes from, Kylan Q. And uh, the radiance, I've been experimenting with a lot of radiance, especially when it comes to and when I say radiance, there's radiant violet, radiant blue, radiant red, radiant magenta, radiant yellow, radiant green, all the radiance. When you think of this, and when I say these colors out loud, imagine those colors I just said, but if it was Easter time or if it was springtime, that's what the radiance look like. They're, they're almost the Easter version of these colors. So just a very, they're not bright colors. They're just very soft um, lighter value colors that um, give you kind of spring vibes. So what's great about these colors is when I'm trying to um, when I'm trying to lighten the values of colors, I don't always just want to use white. I also like to use colors that will reduce the value and bring it towards the direction I'm looking to bring it. So, these can be very impactful when it comes to me having a color that's too dark and I get to lighten it with these radiants. And it, it's almost like a shortcut with right, uh, lighting um, that allows me to lighten the values of these and, and um, kind of bring it down that, instead of a tint of the color, it's bringing it down a different color mixture property and lightening at the same time, which can knock out two birds with one stone there. But I really love the radiant red, um, uh, the radiant magenta, which very pinkish looking colors. And even mixing that with just a cadmium orange um, will get you beautiful tones that are usable for the skin. Or maybe you're reducing it down with radiant blue, and something that was already on the orange, which is or desaturating the color. But it, it can create some beautiful color combinations as well. So definitely look into the radiance and experiment there and you'll you'll have a lot to work with. Um, 
So other than that, just let's end this with whites. And uh, that is very simple because I love and use and always use titanium white. That's just that standard white that everyone looking looks for, that opaque white that, that allows you to just end the painting with this and not have it be transparent. Um, but I will say there's cool white and there's warm white to use too. That's a shortcut as well if you're trying to warm um, warm up a white or cool down a white. It, you already have these standard colors, warm white and cool white, which warm white looks a little bit yellowish and cool white looks a little blue. So. These are fun to use as well. Um, there's radiant white, which I think I started using that but at some point, but I haven't found a, a good use of using radiant versus titanium, or one enough that stopped me from using titanium. And I've used zinc white as well, but I feel like it was actually an accident in the beginning when I thought I was using transparent white. Um, but it's, it's a, I'm sorry, um, titanium white. But it is a uh, somewhat transparent version of this, so I wouldn't use it towards the end. Maybe more for um, more for uh, uh, maybe it'd be good for glazing or um, or working wet on wet there. So these are the mixtures I use. These are what I've come to love, and I'm always experimenting with colors. I'm always testing colors out, seeing how they mix together, seeing if one holds more of a punch than the other, seeing if I can get brighter colors for that bright effect that I'm looking for to, to really become an expert at lighting. And I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly testing, I'm constantly seeing how it looks on the palette and then how it looks on the canvas, how it looks up against other colors and how they mesh together. Um, I've noticed I really look for that in greens when I'm looking to see does this green work in this painting because greens can you could put a, a sap green down and it was it should have been a forest green or you could put a forest green down and it should have been um, more of a natural looking green um, or like a yellowish looking green but always experiment take everything I say with a grain of salt I mean I've given you some facts for sure but some of this was subjective and just personal preference and every artist you see is going to have their own variation of their own palettes and what works for them so hope this helps and keep painting and let me know if you have any questions if you got this far please leave a review I really, really do appreciate any reviews I, I receive on the podcast. It helps me know where to take this and what's working. And if you know anyone getting married or you're getting married yourself, I'm also doing live wedding painting. So please reach out if you are interested. And I will paint a painting from start to finish at your reception for the guests to see. And you will go home with a beautiful painting, you and your significant other, that will last forever for your love and you can always reference this back to the wedding and ha and remember that moment of uh, being painted there so reach out and once again thank you so much for listening to the socal artist podcast and i will see you next time